At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to Monday, October 21st edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. I'm your co-host, Joel L. Conan, along with Dennis Dick. Spencer Israel will be joining us shortly. Uh, on today's show, uh, not a lot macro to talk about. Uh, Brexit vote on, Brexit vote off. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly. Uh, drug stock is in focus with an opiate hearing in Ohio. Uh, Triple D starts trading crude oil, so we'll talk uh, briefly with Dennis about that. Uh. We have some earnings this morning from Halliburton after the close, uh, TD Ameritrade, and Del Taco. Uh, just a quick reminder, the show is sponsored by Webull and the WeTrader competition. Join traders from around the world in the paper trading contest. Consists of four weekly competitions, October 7th through November 9th, with weekly prizes of nearly 11K of Amazon gift cards and a grand prize for the best overall portfolio or a brand new Tesla 3, that's what uh, Triple D would want, 40000 towards paying off your student debt. Uh, also, don't forget, uh, in Chicago, uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, the Benzinga Cannabis Conference. Uh, use BZ Fan if you want to sign up. I can drop a link in there, too. I believe uh, the crew is already there uh, getting set up. So, Dennis, we got a lot of things to discuss with you. First of all, yeah. we talk about you trading crude. <laughs> okay. Second all right. of all, um, big, big day in Canada. Big day in Canada. Why? Oh, the vote. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I thought you were going to get into cannabis because you were talking cannabis. All right, yeah. huge day in Canada. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A on the, line the vote. There. The vote. Can Trudeau get back in? Everybody, I, I'm hearing he's going to get back in. And then the third thing in which I'm surprised you're even at your desk this morning. Do you yes. know what? You know what go, You know what goes on sale today? No, I do not. Star Wars tickets. Oh, for the new movie. Yeah, what is it? The Big day. Yeah, Return of Luke Skywalker. Is that what it's called or something? Yeah, I, I actually don't know. That's bad. I the Rise, Star Wars the rise of Skywalker this. trailer hits the Monday. Yeah. Along You're right. It is the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so big day for you. But uh, So what are you doing in Crude? 
Well, okay, so here's my morning. And it's, you know, these are always good mornings. So I wake up, sleep in a little bit. I'm waking up in my bed around 6.30. First thing I always do is go to my iPhone, see what the futures are doing, the S&P futures, that is. And then I uh, just start scrolling through Twitter, see what's going on. I usually check my email. So I get this email from my interactive brokers. I have an interactive brokers account along with my ready account. Don't trade the IB account very often, but you know, the odd time I do some swing trading in there. I do some stuff in there sometimes. And sometimes if I can't get a locate, my one broker, I got to locate over there. And it's always a good idea when you trade as much as I do to have a second platform, because if you lose connectivity or whatever reason your platform goes down, you got a backup account. So anyways, I have an IB account that I don't trade that actively, but I get a message from IB this morning and it says, um, that here i'll just read you some of it it says it's been detected that your account currently holds a position in one or more of the following physically delivered products lit light sweet crude i own some of the cl apparently and it says it's reaching first notice and that they don't have the they do not support the physical delivery of certain commodities and i need to cover this position i was like i've never traded crude futures in my life i would just trade the uso so i've never actually made a physical trade so i'm like okay well somebody trading my ib account here over the weekend so, you know, my heart starts racing as I got this email that I'm going to get delivered uh, physical crude. And I log into the account. Of course, there's a software update, so it even takes longer. But I, then I log into the account, and lo and behold, no, there is no crude features in there. So I have no idea why I got that email this morning. I have to call IB about it. But um, my account, it does not have any crude features. All right, so you're not you're not. Convinced. No, actually, I'm not physically trading crude. But although IB thinks I am. All right. Maybe there's a hidden position in there. If you got an IB account, it's a way to hide futures. Maybe it's hidden in there somewhere. But my account dollars aren't moving around. They're trying to tell you to uh, to trade futures here. Uh, maybe just, I should start trading futures. Yeah, maybe I, you know, maybe IB's onto something. I should start. Do you notice how you futures. said you got up and you looked at what the futures were doing? You didn't. That's the P futures, not the crude futures. <laughs> yeah, I know. Although I usually do look at what the crude futures are doing too. I just don't trade them. All right, I never recap the S and P's. S and P's are trading up nine and a quarter here at twenty nine ninety seven seventy five. Textbook open here, a lower open, major low right at your weekly pivot. Rallied at a big area. We're at Friday's high. This was also the area of Thursday's high here. So really important day. Got clear three thousand today. Take yeah. out last week's high at three double eight, three double oh eight. Big earnings week as well. Crude in the red by 17 cents at 53.70. I hope you're short. Uh, gold in the red by 80 cents at 14.93.30. Silver going the opposite way, up 13.2 cents at 17.71. Bitcoin back over 8,000, up $290 at 8,250. So there is a wrap of your overnight markets. Uh, Let's talk news here. What, uh, I mean. Well, there's multiple headlines here today. I just want to recap a little bit of Friday's action because Momo became a no-no once again oh. on Friday. You saw stocks like Shopify. They pulled the rug out from underneath it. Roku, after having a pretty good couple of days. And we talked about the 140. Funny how these levels come right into play. Two days ago, kissed up to almost 140 at 139.59. Puts in a little double top, 139.07. Uh-huh. And now it peels back significantly here. So I think the top. I think the high of the move is in in Roku. I'd be a seller of rallies now in Roku. Um, all the Momo names, they really got hit. Even my Square got hit. Still on that one, the long-term portfolio. It doesn't look as good either. 
Uh, that's an ugly candle for all of these stocks, and that's a reversal. Like, so what we've seen happen in the last week and a half is people piling back into the MOMO names. That trade reversed itself on Friday. Often on option expiration days, you do see this type of stuff happen. So I think if you're long any of these stocks now, I think I would be a seller into rallies, although I'm still holding square in the long-term portfolio. And, you know, these, like, these stocks have those initial runs, right? And there's no sellers. There's nobody. Nothing. There's no one taking pain, right? And it yep, just goes Because they're making all-time highs, like a Roku. Yep. yep. And going through, sky's the limit, blue skies ahead. Exactly. And then you have just that, that sell-off that just destroys people, right? So you, yep. have, you have your people that were conditioned to buy the dip in this thing and have been rewarded handsomely. And, you know, so they do a little swing trade at 150 on the way down. They think they're going to get out at 160. Then it's at 140, 130, 120. Yeah. So then you, you build up all those longs on that way down, correct? Yep. And then you get your bottom pickers in there, right? In the second half of September, early October, they're just in there trying to pick a bottom. And mm -hmm. they don't care about 170. They don't care about 160. They might not even care about 150. The only thing they care about – is that 50% retracement. And uh, that went to, I believe, 137 and change. And then it went to 140 and turned around. So it's just a, when you look at these charts and you, and you want to replicate that move, man, once it falls from grace, it's, it's all nearly impossible to replicate, maybe after years. It, it's tough. It's it's the overhead supply. We sum all that up and say now there's overhead supply. And as the stock's yep. going to continue to rally, it's going to run into sellers. Um, we cited the 140 level because that's where you had this low back on September the 10th. Yep. I thought there was room to run there. That's where it ran to. Um, you know, and you look at it, it was $100 back in October. And I know we got an upgrade or something, and we were even saying that. I mean, if you're coming in and buying at 135, you were way late to the party. The party was started back when we were starting to get bullish at back when it was 102, when it had stopped going down for a few days. Market had a bad couple of days, and Roku was holding up. It was showing good relative strength. This is right at the end of September, early October. That was the time to strike. And then, obviously, the stock had a nice run to 140. Coming and buying at 140, you're way late to the party. And I think you just bought the high of that move if you bought it at 139.59 or 139. Because now it's down here again this morning. This looks like, you know, it could have a candle. Like, look at what it did back on September the 9th when I had the reversal day. This is another reversal day here. So I think this thing could be down at 120 in a heartbeat. Um, like, even, you know, as soon as today. It's down $3 in the pre-market. Is there a headline? I'm just looking here because Roku obviously trading down another uh, three points. Let me see here. Uh, just one really interesting thing here. I'm going yeah, go to grab it. Throw here. Um, you, you, got a, you got a moment of truth coming up in this stock, right? You had the move, let's call it from 99 to 140. Let's call it a 20, you know, 40 point move. 20, half of that takes you right back to 119, 120. Yeah, I think that's where it's going. Yeah. Yep. So best case scenario for the uh, the bulls here is to pull back to this 120 area, consolidate a little bit, and then turn higher. If this is if this is because you know, it's a big move, it's a 41, 42 point move yeah. here off the low. So um, if you're looking, if you feel like you missed the bottom here and you really want to be long this thing, let's see what happens at 120. Uh, we got uh, Mr. Israel with us now. How you doing there, Spencer? Just got off the phone with our guests, make sure we're all good, and okay. we're all good. Busy man. Excellent. All right, so. So Roku, Shopify, put in that same category. You do see Shop trading up $3 here this morning. Um, you know, and obviously, 
you know, I still, you know, say that there's the Canadian possibilities here um, because this is obviously one of the big tech stocks in Canada, which is, you know, a driver of rallies in this. But I think it's with that candle on Friday, I got to think there's some people caught. I think I would be a seller of this rally here as well in Shopify, S-H-O-P. I would not be surprised if this goes red fairly quickly after the open. Trio lows at 311. Just be aware of that. That's five bucks below. And if you're going to do the retracement in this one, you had a low at 286, so that's 14. Uh, that is 54. Half of that is 20. Holy math, too early for this. Uh, Monday morning, Joel. It's already back to this. You're carrying the twos. and no, What not, do you got going on here? Square, square root of what? Square root uh, pi uh, 0.314. 3.14. Yeah, you know I got that. that. Got that. <laughs> Anyways, I think back to 300 potentially on Shopify. Um, so I'd be a seller of rallies on this one too. Don't like this all right, at all. Uh, just a little revisionist history. Bad day for Boeing on Friday. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Ugly. Spencer, you got the news on Boeing? I believe. Yeah, well, so Friday, they pulled the rug out from under this one in a big time way. I mean, it looked like it was sitting on a cliff. And then it just jumped right off the cliff. And we went from 369 all the way down, closed near the lows, actually closed right on the low at 344. That is never a good sign. It's down another nine points here today as you got the analyst party chasing the move. Two downgrades here this morning. Boeing is awful. What was the news from Friday? Just to recap, because <laughs> this was ugly. Uh, yeah, this may be like one of the, one of the greatest out-of-context things of all time. So th 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 there's basically, there's more internal communications released uh, between uh, Boeing pilots and during, during their simulations. And they were extremely critical of Boeing simulations. And I think one comment was, uh, I'm a terrible pilot. I think he was referring to him, uh, his abilities in the simulation. Uh, but there are a lot of uh, internal messages from 2016 uh, that, that makes us think maybe Boeing misled the FAA oh, on their 737 MAX here. Uh, back a few years ago. So a whole bunch of internal dis discussions released, not good for Boeing. Yeah. So, and that's why you see the stock getting hit here. I mean, we're down to 335 here now. This stock is in free fall is, you know, their support at 320. Absolutely. That's 15 points down from here. I'm not sure it's going there. Um, but, you know, you look at this and you think, why not? It's given back to, you know, three quarters of the move. Why not get back the whole thing? Not saying it's going there today at all, but in the next couple of days, it could be a target. If I was short, I'd be covering at 320 if it got down there, just from a technical basis. But this is headline driven here now. And the next headline is going to drive this thing again. So two downgrades after Friday's news is the reason why this has lost 35 points in the last two trading sessions. Ugly morning for BA. Who was asking about this between like 380 and 390? Uh, was it someone in the YouTube chat? I can't, I can't remember, remember, but I like sometimes these people, you know, you guys are real consistent. I can remember someone, I remember looking at that chart and I remember looking at the monthlies there. Yeah. And ever since, I mean, maybe you thought it was going to 400. It really thought it was, you know, blow through 380, blow yeah. through 390. But man, on the monthly chart, all those highs in that area and then really, nothing resolved on that issue right of the plane crash Is well and you, you'd hope that maybe there was going to get but obviously not now i mean now we have more headlines coming out so it was a big move from 320 to 390 over august and september and if you were long the stock it gave you ample opportunity to get the hell out and here you know it's already going back down i mean 
there's a lot of still unknowns here. And, you know, can it be back at 400 eventually? Maybe, uh, but not anytime soon, especially after Friday's movement. I don't know. I mean, you could say eventually, but man, that, that move caught a lot of people up there. Again, caught yeah. people again. Yeah. You know, what is the saying? Burn, you know, burn. Shame on me. Yeah, burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. I mean, everybody's been burned in this two or three times here now on headlines. So they're spooked. Market's spooked. Yeah, it's got a nice dividend. Yeah, it trades with a decent multiple. It's not a crazy multiple on Boeing whatsoever. But there's unknowns. And these headline risk is, uh, this is, you know, a, a definitely a headline risk stock here right now. So we don't know what the next headline's going to be. So that's why I'm hands off. Although, like I said, if I was shorted, I'd be covering 320. So Boeing, ugly. We, we want to talk some ugly movement and obviously two stocks. We've been getting it right. I've been patting myself on the back the last couple of shows on this, the Netflix. I mean, we talked about this on earnings day. I said, I still kept my $200 price target on the thing. Even when it was three seventeen. Um, and I was, I didn't have the guts to short up there. Wish I would have, but I mean, it gave you just a ridiculous, you know, gift after earnings rallying 30 points on that report when the subscriber numbers were not that great. We talked about it on the show that morning when the stock was up at three twelve. And I said, if this loses 300, um, it's going to be in trouble. It's going to give it back fairly quickly. It gave not only, it, not only did it give it back fairly quickly, it followed through the next day with almost an equivalent movement, losing another almost 20 points here. So we're down here now on Netflix, trading down here again this morning. It is ugly down. I mean, here's a, st- a market that's up substantially this morning. Netflix is down again. The stock looks completely broken to me. Uh, and then, I don't know, is it pronounced Jack Huff? Uh, the the guy at Barron's, Joel. Yeah, H-O-U-G-H. That's tough. So uh, he wrote about the streaming wars this weekend, wrote that uh, the best way to play it would be uh, Comcast over Disney and Netflix is what he said. Disney trading higher. I'm still in the Disney. Like I said, I still have my position still in it. I don't know if it's, you know, I, I thought, you know, this could kickstart it more. It really hasn't. So I'm probably wrong with that thesis. I still like the company and I'm torn on it uh comcast maybe that's the best way to play i don't know i'm not jumping in comcast here either for the streaming so i think the streaming trade is just cooling off here right now completely it looks like especially with netflix so all i can tell you is i'd be a seller rally in in netflix all right sps at the highs of the session up 10 points here at 98 and a quarter so Try- so many stocks trading down here, though, like Beyond Meat, too. So here we are in Beyond Meat. It seems to go down every day, no matter what the market does. Amazing how when these storied stocks, when the story is bro- becomes broken, how quickly they come down. And we were looking at this at 160 less than a month ago. The stock is 107 here in the pre-market, 106.5. It looks like it's going to get under 100. And you know what? I had the $100 price target when this thing was 180. And I said to be under 100 bucks. I think it's going to be under. I'm going to lower my price target here today. All paper trading, not trading this at all. But if I was this for fun, making calls on the show. And I think Beyond Meat's going to be under $60 a year from now. So not only 100, I'm lowering my price. So at 10 months, I said it'd be under 100 a year from now. This was two months ago. Um, it looks like it's going to get there within two months. So I'm going to lower it down to 60. I think Beyond Meat's going under $60 in the next six months, I'll even say. You'd be, that is, you, I'm you, bearish the fake meat. You do have... Uh, I ate one, though, at Tim Hortons. I ate the Beyond Meat sausage. And you know what? It wasn't bad. The Beyond Meat sausage wasn't bad. But you know what? Shame on Tim Hortons. See, I ordered the Beyond Meat burger, the Beyond Meat breakfast sausage, and it came with lettuce, you know, tomato, and the Beyond sausage. And it was like four ninety five, so it wasn't cheap, but this fake meat is not cheap. 
But, you know, I, and then I, I'm getting my drive-thru and I get it through the drive-thru and I go to bite the sand. They didn't put ketchup or nothing on, no condiments. I was like, what the hell? Do they expect you to eat a dry sandwich? I was like, the patty was actually tasting okay, but terrible when they don't put ketchup on it. So Wait, shame on Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, if you're listening, put ketchup on that burger. Come on. No ketchup in the bag, nothing. Wait, wait, what isn't tomato on a breakfast sandwich? That's yeah, that's good. As long as you have ketchup on it. Yeah. You're eating a salad. It's healthy for you, Spencer. Come on. Mixed up? This is... Are you getting your meals mixed up? Ketchup? Yeah, that breakfast sausage. That's for, eat a breakfast. Like, when would you eat that? I wouldn't eat... I wouldn't put lettuce and tomato on my breakfast. I'm the breakfast sandwich king. Why would you not put lettuce and tomato on your breakfast sandwich? That's like a, that's like a lunch kind of thing. I was born... In Leamington, Ontario, which was used to be just built by Heinz, it's like the tomato cap. It's called the tomato capital of Canada. So I put tomatoes on everything, and I put ketchup on everything. I support my town. Tomatoes can be eaten at any time of the day, folks. You don't have to eat tomatoes at night. Do you still have that big Johnny Walker facility by you? In Windsor, yeah. You could smell that when you drive by there. Yeah, it smells like um, like bread <laughs> when you drive by it from the yeast. Yeah, I actually enjoy the smell. But anyways, we're really going on a hard tangent here. We but are. moral of the story <laughs> is eat tomatoes anytime you feel like eating tomatoes. I like tomatoes in the morning. But put ketchup, Tim Hortons, put ketchup on your breakfast sandwich. What are you guys thinking? A dry burger. And I no ketchup in the bag either. Terrible. All right, let's pivot to I health. thought Tim Hortons was a stock star. Sure, because breakfast of that. sandwiches. Yeah. Spencer wants to talk about health. Well, yeah, let's pivot, let's pivot to healthcare here. So healthcare will be in, in focus today. Uh, lawyers from Teva, Cardinal Health, Marisource Bergen, and Walgreens will all be in Cleveland at the start of this uh, this, this trial here uh, related to the opioid crisis in uh, in the United States. Uh, those four stocks will definitely all be in focus as well the sector as a whole as this trial gets underway here. So many headlines potentially going to happen here too. Cardinal Health is trading down, just trade at 50. I sold it. I mean, I sold a little bit too soon maybe, but I got out of it because... I thought it was just too big of a rally there the last few days on this potential settlement there. Um, ABC, I wish I would have just went short some of these things in the after hours because they really got silly. ABC's come way up. MCK's come way up. They're all down today. So I think the highs are in on the moves on this, but it's headline driven. So, you know, the headline comes out, it's not as bad. These things could really rally. So hard to trade something technically when there's so many headlines potentially coming out. But and that being said, you know, these stocks are weak here ahead of this trial this morning. Yeah, big moves in all these stocks. So uh, you could figure, you know, 50% off the, the recent lows or, you know, use your low from yesterday as a potential exit point. But it's Spencer, you were going to try and find out why, why are all these trials in Ohio? Well, it's because Ohio is, is like ground zero in the United States for this opioid crisis. It's really bad. Really? There. Yeah, it's really bad in Ohio. I mean, it's bad in lots of places, but it's, it's especially bad in Ohio. So, uh, and remember that they had an agreement in place. Uh, they had reached an agreement, a $4 billion, I'm sorry, um, $48 billion. That's a big difference there. Um, $48 billion settlement. And they, uh, they had an agreement before the trial. And then at the last second, it, it kind of got called off here. So that's why we're going with the trial because we haven't reached an agreement yet. So okay. waiting on whether they can reach an agreement. I don't know if they can do that during the trial, but we'll, this is going to be a story that unfolds over the course of several weeks, if not months. So this is just the beginning. So we're not going to get a resolution anytime soon, you don't think of this. I, okay, I, so I, if you're trading all these stocks, the stocks directly impacted here 
are obviously the three that were rallying significantly on the deal. CAH, ABC, MCK, all trained down the pre-market. Teva Pharmaceuticals is also trading down here this morning. Um, Johnson Johnson, I noticed, is trading up. They have their own issues, obviously, with this talcum powder thing that happened on Friday. Um, that's a scary candle for J and J too. Coming back that talcum powder thing. Well, I mean, uh, this was another one. So this was some headline. It was a it was a voluntary recall, is what it was, of baby powder. And, Boy, and, that, the, and that's everybody spooked, and that's why the market got really spooked on this one. We are seeing it rally a little bit back here this morning. I think that's nothing more than a dead cap bounce. Gets anywhere near one thirty, I'd actually be tempted to short the stock. I, I don't like that candle at all. I think it could take out those lows of the move. It's too strong. The candle's too, you know, if you're looking at that, and Jeremy Newsom, we're, we're doing some candle analysis. Nobody does it better than Jeremy, but I have my own simple way of doing it. I just see an up move, and I see a candle like that. I think everybody's caught long this thing because it was down too much too fast. So, you know, and look, and there's no bounce, even if you look at the intraday of that candle, 134, 133, 132, you have like some little 50-cent bounces in there. But anybody trying to call the bottom is caught in that too. I think, you know, this rally this morning when it's up a buck is to be sold. I think this thing goes red today. Okay. All right. SPs is hanging out near the highs of the session. And moving. So let's go to the analyst ratings. We talked yeah. Boeing, obviously, with a couple downgrades there. We got the quiet period ending for PTON. And surprise, surprise, all the underwriters are bullish. <laughs> yeah, I'm Stocking. At... Yeah, I, I go did... through it. There's like 20, there's like, there's like 10 of them. Ten initiations I, I, I here today. I don't know if it's if it's worth it. So here, okay, let's it's, go it's the, always worth. All right, let's let's go to the bottom here. Uh, key bank initiation overweight. Per, I, I guess it's more interesting to see the price target. So they're all pretty similar. So key bank overweight price target thirty two. JMP Securities uh, outperform price target thirty three. Barclays overweight price target thirty two. JP Morgan overweight, price target 32. Stiefel buy, price target 35. Oppenheimer outperform, price target 29. Uh, SunTrust Humphrey, uh, SunTrust Robinson Humphrey um, buy, price target 30. Canaccord buy, 33 price target. Cowan outperform, $34. Uh, Telsey Advisory Group outperform with 29. Raymond James outperform 32 ubs I, I mean you want me to keep going here ubs buy 30 shocking that they're all buy. did anybody come out with a sell now uh i don't see a single even uh neutral actually i, right. I so I this always has so if you're saying why is ptoN only up two percent on this who was this we had this happen a quiet period ended we have obviously all the initiations the stock opened up in the in, at the open and they sold it all day somebody just did that i can't remember who it was it was like a couple weeks ago two, three weeks, maybe a month ago. Do you remember? Anyways, I remember a recent IPO. They were all coming out. Chat might be able to help me out. And there was a whole bunch of buy ratings came out when the quiet period is over. And the stock opened up that morning. Yeah, well, was it? It around. I was, was going to say, well, no, it wasn't SDC. No, because the quiet period is not over no, yet. Maybe it was. Is SDC quiet period not over yet? Maybe it was SDC. Was it SDC? Smile Direct Club? Yeah, I just yeah. saying it was SDC. I think yeah. it was. It's probably it over, but the analysts weren't like they state. I'm not sure what you're saying. Like the, the analysts came out bullish. As yeah, they, exactly. And the okay. stock was, and what I'm saying is history tends to repeat itself. And okay. SDC was trading up that morning with all the analysts that underwrote it being bullish. And people just automatically buying because, oh, look at all the initiations of buy. I better go buy this. And then they turn around and they just sold it all day. I think the same thing could happen in PTON. So it's trading up 2.5% here in the pre-market. 
Um, if I was long this thing, I think I'd be ringing the register and, you know, from your last three days, maybe you were lucky enough, but I think this gets sold. And I think this thing could actually go red today just because of the smile direct uh, before. And let's be honest here. I mean, the valuations on some of these IPOs have been ridiculous. I, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say I've analyzed the, the financials here of PTOM very closely, but you know, it's a treadmill or it's a, it's a bicycle that's got a video screen attached to it. It's not groundbreaking technology here. Um, yes, they've got a little good business model, but I think the stock is under $20. I'm, I'm going to keep giving these price targets. I think it's under $20 by the end of the year and maybe even sooner than that. So I'm a seller of PTON. Sorry. Uh, this is a big day for the stock. Uh, very, very big day. At all-time high, 28.17, I believe, in the first month of the IPO. And then, yeah, 27.98. Then you broke down to just above $21. So, hey, eight-point move. Four-point rally. That takes you back up to $25. You hit 24.80 on October 9th. You challenged that level on Friday. You went to 24.68. You're up 68 cents. Boom. Get some. This is it, man. This thing has got to get above 25, close above 25, take a run at that all-time high, or if not, uh, this thing may roll. Maybe that 24.68. Maybe we could put a double top in there and give you a good chance and to you know, put a short on. Yeah, 24.80 high. We're up 3% here this morning. I I, I like it as a short. I, I I don't know why I just do. Um, oh, I know why. It's because what Smile directed. Um. I know, but uh, I did talk. Nothing to, companies nothing to do with each other, but I feel like I could do the same thing. Uh, I did uh, talk to Gene Munster about this one, and he thinks that they're going to come out with like a cheaper bike in a cheaper version. So he likes the stock? Yeah. Yep. Sorry, Gene. I'm on the opposite side. I don't like PTON. Just my opinion. And obviously, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. I don't like PTON at all. You could be, Dennis, if you were an analyst, though, you could be the only person that had like a short, you know, like I could add that. Yeah. Short. My ratings. Yeah, if I actually did ratings, you know, I, all I would have is I wouldn't have these like, you know, first of all, I'd be buy, sell, and maybe short. And maybe that would be it. No neutral. I'd hate neutral weight rating. Buy or you sell it or you don't talk about it at all. So Equal that's weight. it. Equal weight. But there's no neutral button. I can't press neutral to do that, do anything. It's not actionable. So when you initiate at neutral, it's telling me absolutely nothing. I can't do I can't take action on that. Actually, so buy, yeah. sell, short. That, buy, sell, and sell short. That's it. Those are my minimum three ratings. Right now, PTON, I would put the sell short rating on it if I was an analyst. That's my that's my opinion. Uh we got someone new popping in the pre-market chat here. I can't even pronounce this. Uh W V must be a Western Virginia University fan, and his number was number 94 when he was there. Uh, he said that happened in D-Dog, which is Datadog. He said that a bunch Same of- Same thing? Was that initiated and started yeah. selling off? On the 14th. Everyone on the oh, 14th, that's... and it sold off as well. So. This is an ugly candle, too. This thing takes up the low of the move at 30. Look out below. It's, I could be a 25 and a heartbeat. Write that one down. D-D-O-G. Has to hold 30. Below 30, I'd want to be short it. But so below 30, I would initiate a short with a $25 price target. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Even yeah. though we're not analysts, though. Full disclosure, we're not analysts. We're not initiating anything. I'm saying, you know, just an opinion. All these are is just opinions. All right. Uh, 8.30 here. And uh, market kind of quiet here. Just hanging out near the highs of the pre-market session. I did have one earnings report uh, this morning from Halliburton. Did we get that yet? 
Yeah, yeah, we did. yeah, I always forget if it's like at like 8.30 or if it's earlier, but it is earlier this morning. Halliburton in line with the EPS, 34 cents, sales missed 5.55 versus $5.83 billion. So I don't know what you can say about Halliburton. That we have. I can tell you exactly what to say. There is one number and one number only that matters for Halliburton and it's $18. There is multiple lows here. October 3rd, low, 18.03. October the... 7th low 1804 october 9th low 1802 1805 the low on october the 14th let's see what it does at 18 can it hold 18 below 18 or it could go to 17 so let's see does does it find buyers again at 18 maybe i mean you got a hard support there level there but you keep hitting the floor enough eventually it falls through it uh still long term i don't like any oil stock and slumberger did not have a great candle on its earnings last week either because it had an okay report was up in the pre-market up early and ended up closing uh very near the lows so gave most of it back so halliburton keep an eye on it uh but 18 is very important if it takes out 18 i would not want to be long it uh just a perennial dog here i mean oh, yeah. It, yeah began 2000 big wolf uh, on this uh, one 18 at 55 and Oil goes up, it goes up or flat. Oil goes down, it gets crushed. So. Oh, yeah, that's it. It goes. Oil goes up 5%, it goes up 1%. Oil goes down oh, 5%, it goes down 10%. Just been a terrible stock. You know, I'm not going to comment on the company itself, but the stock has just performed absolutely terribly. All right. What well, we- that, you know, definition over at supply, everybody's caught in Halliburton. That's why it's so tough for these stories to turn around, just because everybody is caught. And on a continuous basis, Slumberger, same story. Everybody just continues to be caught long in the stocks. Path of least resistance, I still believe, is down. We got uh, take under today. Spencer, take under. You don't oh, see I this was, every day. Uh, okay, I was going to go with um, Cody News. but the, the I want to do The Undertaker. The Undertaker. Uh, it's IPHS is... Uh, is the symbol here is it resumed is it resumed? Yeah, it's resumed yeah okay so it was halted earlier it's resumed now uh taken over or acquired by one rock capital private equity for 32 dollars a share stock closes at 35 34 gets taken over for 32 that's an awesome feeling if you're long you know i actually there was rumors on this i thought about going long just because there was rumors that the stock was going to get taken over i'm glad i didn't because the stock gets taken over, and the stock gets taken over three and a half points where it was trading. So uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'd vote for this as a shareholder. But anyways, it's a take under, and the stock is now trading down at 31.90, down 10%, 9.75% here this morning. As uh, so there's no premium, they're actually buying it at a discount for the price. You don't see that every day. There's nothing else attached to it or anything. No, it's at 32 bucks, and it's trading at 31.90. So the risk arbs have already come in here and said, okay, that's fine, 31.90. Crazy. 35, 35, 34 close. We'll take it over at 32. I have no idea. I'd never heard of the company. so I'm Yeah, I, I don't know the company either. But there was rumors last week on it. So I had it actually written down that there was rumors on this. And All right. <laughs> take uh, it under this morning. One more quick before we go to our guest. Cody, C-O-T-Y, is to explore strategic options for its professional beauty business. I think the short interest is high on this, isn't it? Oh, I probably I can look it up. I'm pretty sure you can see a little bit of a squeeze here. Sometimes these are flat out just sells whenever you get these things, and usually they, in the long run, they are. And I think the Cody Coty still don't like the stock long term. Man, I'm bearish here this morning, but um, I think you can squeeze them a bit. So I'm not coming in here long though. Um, up when it's up 11 percent, and if I was long this thing, I'd ring the register. But I'm not coming short because short interest just scares me. 
Short percent of float I have is 11%. Not crazy. Not crazy. Whenever these things come out with strategic options, it seems like these are selling opportunities. So all, you know, all my, my trading just you know, revolves around history repeating itself. That's why the PTON I like it as a sale because we saw it with Smile Direct. Somebody else was, was telling me we saw it with DDOG. I think we could see it with that one too. I've seen multiple times where stocks come out with strategic alternatives. The stocks pop up 10, 15, 20% because they think they're going to get, you know, maybe they're going to sell something. Maybe they're going to try to sell the whole company. Maybe they're going to try to do something. And more often than not, nothing materializes and the stocks leak those gains back over the course of the next couple of weeks and gives it all back over the course of the next month. That's why I, I think it happened in Cody, Cody as well. Cody, real quickly here, uh, just 1120, this 1140 area, multiple highs up there in late August, and then it just absolutely fell off a cliff there. So a lot of people waiting to get their money back here. I'd even like give it up to 1150 here. I'd make that a, a sell zone in Cody. All right. It is 835. I do want to bring on our guest today uh, as I bring him on right now. Give me one second. There we go. Bill Studebaker is the CIO of Robo Global. He has joined our show before to talk about uh, his space, uh, automation, what's happening. Because we've got two ETFs. Uh, one of them, Robo, is, is, the, is the original one. It is, it is the uh, more traded one. And then he's got another one, a newer one that we can talk about. But Bill, uh, good morning here. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? Good, thanks. It's early here in California. Well, we appreciate you waking up early to join us. So, Bill, uh, it's been a while since we last spoke. Why don't you give us a quick update on sort of what has been happening? Because we talk about the sectors, but we don't really go too often into industry-specific storylines. And when we do, it's usually like cannabis or something like that. But we don't really talk about the robo-theme too often. So give us a quick update on what's, what's been happening of late uh, in, 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 this, in this space. Well, I think what's important for investors to understand that, um, you know, AI and robotics isn't an innovation, you know, coming down the pike. It is here. Okay. AI can truly augment human capacity, taking over, you know, a range of tasks um, that before were only science fiction or now having real application. We were, I think, sit back in hindsight with amazement, but then also, understanding how and why it happened. Think of the internet, right? I mean, and the, and the disruption it caused and the wealth that was generated from that. Everyone looks back and go, oh, I wish I had responded. I mean, how many of your investors have been invested since day one of the internet? Very likely not too many, okay? Uh, the problem there is that the obvious winners um, uh, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago aren't even around. Think of the beginning of the internet. It was companies like Ink to Me and AOL and, and Netscape that don't even exist, right? And then now come along all the fan companies. Uh, and what's hard for investors to do is to sort of, you know, get in front of this disruption. And now it's happening faster than it's ever happened. So if you think the internet was an amazing wealth creator, I would say get ready for robotics and AI. This is unequivocally in my mind where the world is going Every company, every country is going to have to use these technologies to enable their country and their business. I think the growth uh, and the innovation coming is going to make the internet look like a walk in the park. And then you recently expanded into, I guess you, we could say you expanded into healthcare here because you, you launched a new ETF a couple months ago. HTEC is the symbol and is that, I would imagine that's just getting exposure to automation within healthcare? Yes, exactly. I mean, I think we're going to go through a unbelievable renaissance in healthcare, which is 
so ripe for disruption, okay? We're going from a world that was before sick care to a world of prediction, prevention, individualizing medicine. Global health spending accounts for 10% of the world's GDP, right? With the average life expectancy and chronic disease, incidents are now climbing. That number is growing at an unsustainable pace. Our, our, our costs are unsustainable, okay? We're going to a world now, again, of prediction, prevention, individualizing medicine. Kids that are born now will not live until they're 70 or 80. Try 100, try 120 plus, as we now have the ability not just to arrest the signs of aging, but to begin reverse it. We're looking at the future of healthcare. People go and get sick, and they, what do they invest in? They invest in basically the response to that. The horse gets out of the barn, I'm gonna invest in the biotechnology, um, into um, into uh, the pharma. I mean, the pharma companies, you know, just you know, love love what's going on because the pharma companies, you know, right now are are spending uh, roughly or receiving about 1.2 you know trillion dollars, um, you know, in, in revenue per year dealing with sick care. Okay, we're looking at the future of health healthcare, which is going to um, where with all this innovation is coming. So it's not the traditional areas that most investors would look at. We're looking at genomics, robotics, lab process automation, diagnostics, um, precision medicine, uh, medical instruments, uh, telehealth, regenerative medicine. Just to give you an idea, and so we think that you know we're at the front end of, I think you know one of the greatest technological shifts ever. Uh, and it's going to be in a sector that is very investable. I mean, I love autonomous vehicles, but you know, I think it's a while until some of the, uh, the business models play out. This is happening in healthcare this second. HTech, uh, which we launched on the NYSC, um, plays into this. Um, roughly a little over 80 companies in 14 different geographies. Year-to-date, it's up a little more than 20% with most global health indices up probably six or seven. The last decade, it's up about 20%, which the back test shows, versus the global healthcare indices that are up about 13. The world um, equity averages around 9%. So um, get ready for big, big disruption. We're really excited about this area. Hey, yeah. Bill, Dennis, Dennis Dick here. Uh, and I agree with you uh, fully here on you know the automation and being invested in this. I actually have shares of the BOT Zebra in my long-term investment portfolio for the same reason here. Just talk about how, uh, and that's one that's obviously widely traded, the bots. Um, and I, like, I love your ticker symbol here too, ROBO. Just talk about you know, how yours uh, ETFs may be a little bit different than the bots. Well, it's, it's dramatically different. Okay, we were the company... Over six years ago, the first company ever to have created an index that tracks robotics and AI. Uh, six years ago, everyone thought we were on a desert island thinking about how robotics and AI were going to transform how we live and work. I mean, fast forward six years later, I, mean, I think people are bursting at the seams with the excitement of what's going on. So um, we, were, we had to come in and we want to invest in this industry. So to do so, um, we had to go and classify it, right? We want to go as investors six years ago invest we looked around, were there any dedicated mutual funds doing this? None. How about hedge funds? Zero. Private equity, venture capital, there was some piecemeal investing going on. So we had to go out and create our own classification system. Um, where we either identify a company as a technology or an application. If we would pulled up in Wall Street GICs terms, robotics to identify these companies, what would have come up? Nothing. How about if we pulled up AI? That was like an Elon Musk science fiction term. So again, we, de we define a company as a technology and application. Um, we uh, either call a company technology, which is uh, 
computing, processing, sensing, actuation, integration, and then the use cases of where it's being applied to. Think about healthcare, as we talked about. Uh, think about security and surveillance into additive manufacturing, and industrial manufacturing, into uh, logistics automation, uh, food and ag, to name a few. Okay. We did this, um, uh, the first to do this, we also um, brought in a team of industry experts. Um, we have seven PhDs in our team that work alongside of us, helping on the index uh, review process, uh, on identifying companies and technologies. These individuals are basically the world's leaders in robotics and AI. I think this gives us a very differentiated uh, position. Um, unlike bots, which is not research-driven, bots takes big cap, mega cap names, puts them on autopilot for a year and calls it uh, robotics. Um, we take an active research approach to this. Uh, we are 30% large cap, 70 mid and small. The median market cap is about $5 billion. Bots is the exact opposite. They say, well, let's just go into big cap, mega cap, because that's, quote unquote, safer. Um, not in our view, it's not. Not when you're concentrated, not when your top 10 names are 60, 70% of your exposure. Um, we think that's more, um, you know, that's a more dangerous game. I mean, investors want to get from point A to point B in as least turbulent airspace as possible. And that's what we're trying to do here recognize that this is a theme that's going to go on for years, if not decades. Okay. And I think investors recognize again, um, you know, the, uh, the move in the internet, take the FDN index, right? Which is the first trust internet index. The last year it's up, you know, kind of an unassuming quiet, doesn't really matter 4.6%. But if you look at over the last 10 years, um, you know, it's up something like 450% and has an 18% CAGR. Now, I'm not going to tell you what Robo is going to do because I don't exactly know um, what the growth is going to be. But I think robotics and AI are ripe for disruption and um, investors better begin to position themselves for this. We're on the line with Bill Studebaker. He's the CIO of Robo Global joining us here today. Uh, just a couple quick questions. One, um, on the healthcare here. So you're looking more on this as um, kind of like prevention and cures or, because I don't know. I mean, can robot for diagnostic tools? I mean, is that something that uh, they could play a role in? Oh, I think, you know, enormously. It's definitely, we're moving down to a world of prediction and prevention. I mean, it really comes down to what are we trying to do, okay? We're, we're trying to predict and prevent. We're trying to lower costs. We're trying to uh, improve coverage, uh, improve the ubiquity of coverage, um, live healthier and longer lives. I mean, think about back in 1900, human longevity was in the neighborhood of you know, something like 49, 50 years. Um, fast forward to where we are now, it's probably in the, in the 75 year, you know, zip code. Um, but when you go through and look at, you know, genome sequencing, genome sequencing has pretty much put a lightning bolt of innovation going on with the first human genome was sequenced for 2.7 billion. Okay. Now we're talking about in a neighborhood of $500 and less. So, you know, all of us, including our kids can use genome therapy and editing to cure previously incurable, um, you know, fatal diseases such as cancer. And I'm pretty optimistic about the enormous resources our own bodies have to generate from within. And so when you just think about going forward, there is not an 
a, a segment of healthcare that's not going to go through absolute amazing innovations. There are innovations happening by the day. So when I listen to the people on in the media that are all bearish on the market any given day based on what's going on, trade policies, I don't know what they're looking at because I'm fortunate uh, that I live in the Bay Area and I visit a lot of companies that are participating in the robotics and AI field all over the world, everywhere from you know Korea to uh, China to Japan to Western Europe to in the United States. And I think people are going to be amazed at the innovation that's coming down the, the pike and the world is no longer linear in progress. It is exponential. I noticed that uh, you have ISRG in uh, in both uh, portfolios here. Is there any other crossover, or is it uh, fair to say that's uh, you know one of your your top stocks, or do you have any individual issues within these uh, ETFs that you? No, I mean I'd say the crossover of Robo um, or and um, and HTAC is rather low because this is more of a concentrated approach on on healthcare. Um, I don't know the number off top of my head, but it's probably in the zip code of uh, 10 or 12 percent, um, you know, um, um, sort of active share, um, if you will. So it's it is rather low. And again, it's just we're taking a broader approach to all the technologies that are enabling this um, AI revolution. And listen, I, I know investors want to buy a unicorn and make a billion dollars overnight. I'm not saying that I wouldn't like that, too. But I think sitting back and, and watching the growth requires being patient. I mean, if you look at the at uh, Illumina, I mean, it's up a, um, a quiet 12% this year. Over the last 20 years, it's had a 20% CAGR. If you looked at, you know, two of surgical, I don't know what the market cap is now. I would imagine it's over $60 billion. But, you know, think about back in 1999 to 2003, it was probably in the neighborhood of one2 to $2.5 billion zip code. But so by just staying on board and staying invested, you've done really well. And obviously last quarter, they put up, you know, great numbers, beat consensus revenues and procedure growth volume was up 20% versus consensus up a little over 16. So, you know, why is this? Why is robotics taking off in healthcare? Why? Because, you know, a, a, when you're working alongside of a doctor, you're um, you're you're mirroring two great technologies. You have what about the, iRobot, IRBT? Is that in um any of your portfolios? That stock has been under pressure of as of late. When you think about robotics, you think about stock. You know, stocks. You think of iRobot. Uh, yeah, a- I mean, obviously it is. And again, this is the nature of wanting to also be um, in a uh, in an index and be diversified. I mean, if you if you've owned robo- iRobot in over any one certain period of time, you might not have done that well. Over the last five years, um, you've done pretty well in iRobot. I mean, iRobot obviously has had um, some pressures as a result of component supplying issues in China. This company is far from being destitute. Um, you know, they're still talking about in the neighborhood of revenue growth. I don't recall off the top of my head, but somewhere north of 15%. It's not exactly, you know, horrible. Uh, but clearly, you know, as an individual company, any of these companies can be volatile. I mean, technology in general, it's not made off or give me, you know, a percent to a percent and a half every month with no downside. People forget back in 2016, a company by the name of Amazon went from 750 to 400 
right? Another 30-ish percent plus correction, similar to iRobot here before going from, um, you know, back to 2000 now, wherever it is, 1800. So having a 20, 30, 40% correction in technology is not unheard of. Uh, Bill, before we let you go, uh, just looking at your background here, uh, you held some positions at Merrill Lynch, including a trader on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Our audience loves floor stories. I'm not sure how long you were down there, but uh, do you have anything from your days on the floor that helped shape your, your thoughts about the market or your career? Well, probably a lot of them, actually. I mean, it was, it was certainly a long time ago that I was down there, over 25 years. Uh, I was just down on the floor of exchange having a, uh, a TV interview on CNBC. Um, recently, it's amazing to see um, how that's gone from being an analog institution to one that's completely digital. And if I think about the kinds of human error that occurred when I was there versus what's happening now, um, you know, it is dramatically different, better, more robust. I think that's just similar to what we're seeing globally. We're just having a massive evolution. Almost every industry is going, becoming, um, moving from digital, I'm sorry, going from being very uh, analog to digital. I mean, there is no industry that's virtually 100% digital anywhere. So I think this evolution is, is amazing. And we as investors, I think, are, are easy at looking at linear progress because we can see it, we can understand it, uh, but not exponential. Um, linear, when if I take 10 linear steps, where am I going to be? I'm going to be kind of 30 feet away. I can see that. I can understand it. I can budget for that. But what if I'm taking, you know, 10 exponential steps? I'm going from 1 to 2 to 4 to 8 to 16, 32, 64, 128, et cetera. It gets harder and less intuitive to understand. But this is what's happening. And so that's why I think people, you know, get past all of the market can quote unquote concerns. Okay. Trump tweets and Brexit and trade tensions and interest rates, et cetera. Um, every issue that's out there in the market, I promise you, I guarantee you in six months and 12 months from now, they will be completely different. So never is someone to get up on the top of the desk and say, the coast is clear go buy any and everything because there's no risk. Well, of course there is in the market. Uh, and again, that's why we've taken the approach we've done by creating the indices we have, Robo and HTech, to capture this, but to do it in a very diversified, risk-adjusted way. One quick question. Do you incorporate uh, robotics or AI at all into your everyday life? Uh, definitely. I mean, think about how AI is is impacting your life. I mean, everywhere around you does. Our company, um, we're, we're using um, automation and AI to improve what we do in our processes in terms of how we reach uh, customers, how we understand them. If someone's to go on our website, we have a scoring algorithm that would understand who is on our website how long they were on for, what they were clicking on for. We can then score, you know, their behavior, understand was this person just surfing or were they actually actively engaging and trying to understand what we do in our research. They might've been clicking on our investment tab numerous times. So um, yes, I, I, I think that, I'm sorry. No, no, that was great, great answer. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, you know, this whole thing we're going through with AI, it is not a destination. 
it's a journey. And I think that every industry is gonna go through um, much needed innovation. And it, technology, you don't hit a switch and something changes overnight. First of all, there has to be an ROI to something or ROI within a reasonable period of time. Then there has to be um, definitely buy-in, not only from top down, but bottom up in terms of how people have to change. But with the way the world is changing, Every industry is going to have to use robotics and to enable their lives and their businesses. And, and similarly, we look back at the internet, how it changed our lives. I think um, there is no question this is where the world is going. And investors, I think, would be pretty wise to get access to the future growth. I think they're going to look back in three or five years. And it's my opinion, are going to look back and say, how did I miss this one? All right, Bill Studebaker is the president and CIO of RoboGlobal, uh, R-O-B-O, and H-T-E-C are the two ETFs. William, thanks so much for the time. You bet. Thanks a lot. Uh, we stuck above uh, 3,000 here. Some uh, positive comments on trade from Larry Kudlow. Yeah, Gave us did. that little nudge up to 3,002. So good morning so far. A 20-point range, uh, 3,002, your pre-market high, clearing those those highs from Thursday and Friday, we'll see if it can hold during the regular session. I think I'd be using this opportunity, this rally, to sell the Momo names because they had such an ugly day on Friday. I know some of them are still trading in the red, but there are some that are trading in the green here. I think that's an opportunity after that candle to maybe lighten up positions or you know potentially initiate some shorts because um, I think a lot of these uh, stocks were getting hit on Friday. Could get hit here again this morning. I think you got some people caught long. Okay. All right. Uh, ratings. Uh, do you want to cover some ratings here in the final yeah, four, three and uh, a half minutes, four minutes? Pinterest upgraded at RBC Capital to outperform this morning. Price started raised from 30 to $35. P-I-N-S. Mm, it's got room like to... Uh... We're both looking at this chart and thinking, wow, it's in a really ugly downtrend. I appreciate when the analysts are trying to call a bottom. I like that. You know, the contrarian perspective in me likes that, but I can't get on the Pinterest bandwagon here. There's been too many stocks at these higher multiples getting hit lately, and this chart is just ugly. All right. What else we got for rating, Spencer? Uh, Hewlett-Packard, HPE, up at Bank America to buy. It's notable. That goes from sell to buy, I believe. So they're yes. Underperforming to buy, correct? That's a big. That's a big move. Um, stocks trading up, breaking out here. HPE, obviously, it's came from HPQ. There's two stocks trading here now. See what it does at 16. Any luck, and then maybe you can start to move. But it hasn't been up here for a long time. I'd imagine. I don't have my book. Actually, I do have my book open. Let's go look at the book by Joel. That's a quick duck. You're looking at uh, HP, right? HPE. Oh, HPE. Okay. Yeah, there's the two symbols now: HPQ and HP. HP is one that got upgraded here today. Yeah, it's coming it's back. It's confusing. Going back. Sense here. Uh, there is some. There is some size in the book. So fifteen seventy-five, a hundred thousand shares there. That could hold down the opening print. I think that you know maybe it could open maybe at fifteen seventy-five. If I was trying to actually predict the open, I would say the open exactly at fifteen seventy-five, and it's not that hard of a prediction with a hundred thousand shares there. I trade sixty-six thousand here this morning. It's going to take some gas to get it up over fifteen seventy-five. Then I think it stalls out at 16. So 170,000 shares. Let's see what it does there. Maybe it can take it out and then start to move higher. It opens up a little bit if it can take out the 16. But you got two big levels. First, 1575. I know it's trading 1584 in the pre-market, but I don't know if it's going to open there. I think it could open at 1575. And then we'll let's see what it does at 16. 
Yeah, sixteen oh seven. That was your high uh, back in May, so that's a monthly high to keep an eye on here. Um, in HPE, S&P's printing right at three thousand here. It's a lot of big earnings here this week too. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if you want to just uh, quickly mention that there is just a ton, a ton yeah, of big earnings. I, here. I have I have a chart here. So today is a white day. Yeah, big days are Wednesday. And Give Thursday. us the big names. Uh, well, first I just want to tell you. So Wednesday. After the bell, or I guess Wednesday in total, there was 171. Nope, I can't do math. Uh, 68 earnings reports Wednesday morning, 105 Wednesday afternoon, 97 earnings reports Thursday morning, yeah. 100 Thursday afternoon. So big days this week uh, for thir- uh, for earnings Wednesday and Thursday. Look at these names too: Amazon, Microsoft, Tesla. Um, McDonald's, Boeing, obviously that's going to be an interesting report. Twitter, PayPal, you can go on uh, Chipotle, Caterpillar, Intel, Meritrade. Yeah, I mean, there's just huge names reporting here. Lettered with huge names. The big ones we're going to get tonight are Ameritrade. Uh, and, um, and like you said, today's a very light earnings day, but then tomorrow morning we're going to get McDonald's and Procter and & Gamble and UPS and Biogen and United Technologies and Centene. Sherwin-Williams, getting a ton of earnings coming. Snap's going to report after the bell on Tuesday. Also, Chipotle and iRobot, we were just talking about that one. I do have that in my long-term portfolio. Whirlpool, holy. Got iRobot? You picked up iRobot? Yeah, I'm in iRobot long-term. I know, I'm down, I'm down slightly. I picked up at 60, and then it really got ugly. It's come back up almost that level. I think I'm, obviously it was an early. I've been too early to go down in it, but I put it in the long-term portfolio. The Roomba! <laughs> all right uh that'll be it for our show i do want to thank our guest william studebaker i want to remind you once again those of you in the chicago area the latest benzinga cannabis uh, cannabis capital conference starts tomorrow it's a two-day event going uh tomorrow and wednesday if you go to benzingacannabisconference.com slash chicago enter the promo code bzfan that's bzfan get a discount on that ticket also our show is brought to you by weevil and their weed trader competition a series of weekly contests that resets every monday meaning it resets today going through november 9th be a good paper trader and win either eleven thousand dollars with amazon gift cards as much as that or the grand prize if you're the very best paper trader a brand new tesla model 3 or forty thousand dollars towards your student loads just go to the weevil app to learn more and that's it catch our podcast wherever you get your podcast please Remember, all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Any questions, comments, concerns, email us, premarket at Benzinga.com. Dennis, uh, happy election day today. Go to, go to the polls. Yeah. And, it's um, going to be an interesting one. <laughs> I'm sure it, it always is. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back with you folks tomorrow. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.